0: Difficult 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 difficult, difficult 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 women. <laughs> oh, hello and welcome to the difficult women podcast. I am one of your hosts, Marie. And I'm the
1: other host, Gaini. <laughs>
0: I don't know if I'm ever going to figure out what I feel comfortable with.
1: When our powers combine, you get difficult women slash reformed Mm. whores. (laughs) Amazing. All the above. Well, we are so excited today. We're just going to cut to the chase because we have this incredible guest We've been trying to get her for months now, but she had a baby during the pandemic, so she's been very busy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but she is one of our dear friends we met a long time ago in the comedy scene in New York City. She's a um, so she's a stand-up comic. She's been on Conan. She is an incredible writer. She was published in the New Yorker just a couple months ago. Uh, she's an actress. Um, you know, like I said, a mother, a wife, all the above. Ladies and gentlemen, Julia Rossi. Hi! Hello, welcome. Our listeners probably already know you because you, you're so famous, and you've been on Conan, oh. and you're amazing.
2: <laughs> Nobody knows me.
1: They certainly do. You're a writer. <laughs> you're a comedian. Um, but we really want to lean into you being a comedian because you've been you've you've been a comic. Uh, we met you in comedy. That's how Strip yes. Stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've been doing it since you were a teenager.
2: No, 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 no! Oh, no. I thought you were at
1: the comedy store, like super young. I
2: uh, I was twenty-one.
1: That's young. That's
2: yeah. So that's almost teenager. Yeah, yeah. That was like my first life in comedy.
1: But you're from Boston. You started from Boston. in Boston. No, I started in Jesus, L.A. I'm getting this all wrong. Okay. No, why would you? Have, <laughs>
2: why would anyone write this down? I can't even keep track. I did it like a couple times when I was in college in Ithaca. Mm-hmm. I guess I did my first like legit open mic in Boston when I was visiting, but then I ended up in LA the first time I lived here and was mm-hmm. like a, became a regular at the comedy store really fast. Like I didn't even want to be a standup. That was not my plan at all. It just sort of happened. I got passed to the comedy store. I was like, this is a big opportunity. And then I kind of like got thrown in the water without any swim lessons or like, practice. And oh. it was really overwhelming. That's why I've like quit so many times. Cause I was like, <laughs> did I choose this? And, uh, so yeah, it's been a journey. And then I was in LA for like almost four years. And then I was in New York for like off and on for 10, 11. And then now I'm back in LA and I don't know.
0: And before the pandemic <laughs> happened, you had done Conan, right? In
2: I did. I had, so I've gotten waves with standup. Um, and maybe people can relate with whatever, I, I don't know how other careers are, but with standup specifically, I've, it comes in waves for me. Like I'm like super into it for a while. And then it kind of lessens in my life and I'm like, Oh, I'm done with it. And then it comes back. And so I don't really know what that means. Um, but <laughs> the two years before the pandemic, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to see what it's like to give it a hundred percent. Cause I've always kind of done like 20 things at once. It was really great. Cause I, I wanted to do late night. I wanted to do it for a while, but I never, I think I resisted the, you know, the process and like, I don't want to keep taping myself <laughs> and edit it. Like, because to me, stand up is like, I'm just, you know, I've got jokes planned, but it's a, it's an organic conversation, <laughs> you know, like I'm so Lucy with it that to do that felt, I don't know. I just was like, I didn't want to do it. And then I just did the work and I did Conan and then the pandemic happened a few uh, months later and then Conan's show ended. And I was like, great. If that, you know, I don't know what, what the future holds, but if that was my last hurrah for a bit or i don't know if that's cool yes
0: i mean i will say that's a good way to to start the pandemic or like go out or whatever because that's a you know it's yeah a, it's a good thing and then were you planning on like going on a lot of tours and stuff to promote that or After like Conan?
2: Yeah. i mean you know s- because of Conan, I don't even know how much that helps to be honest. You know, it was really interesting because like, I got, you know, some like nice emails from people afterwards being like, congrats. Like <laughs> this one person was like, oh man, like you must, you must be getting bombarded with bookings now. And I was like, oh, honestly, it's really same. No yeah. yeah. you know, it's, there's a million, there's a thousand of us. Yeah. You know, uh it, it's not the same. I mean, not to diminish it, like it was a personal goal for me. And I think it's definitely a checklist thing of like, you know, stand-up comedy goals. And it was one of the best entertainment experiences of my life for many reasons. But um, as far as like you get discovered, you do late night, now you are a famous comedian, like that's that ended. Mm. I don't know. 10, 20 years. I mean, ever since the internet, I feel like.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: what is. I don't even know how yeah. to do this. Anymore. There's like a million
1: uh, comedians on TikTok now. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, you just have to. Great.
2: To be a comedian, you just have to put it in your bio. And that's. And mm. then you are one. So, but it was really interesting because I didn't. So I was pregnant on Conan, but I didn't know I was pregnant yet. Um, and I did these joke, I have this, I used to just joke about baby wipes mm-hmm. and like, that was my form of birth control. And I name the babies that get wiped off of me. And one of them is my daughter's <laughs> oh, name. Oh my
1: God. <laughs> uh,
2: Cause it was like with a baby name I wanted. And then a week later I found out I was pregnant. And so I was pregnant on Conan and that was actually great timing too, because I knew that I would probably do, I'm definitely going out less at night as a you know, well pandemic and also with a baby. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I so. wanted to say, like, your Conan set, your jokes, like, your cancel text joke, I was like, did you cause the pandemic, Julia? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, I know. It like was a just... very
2: – I mean, it's weird because my Conan set was about me getting pregnant, and then I I did, and it was about how I wanted all plans to end, and I hate leaving <laughs> my house, and I just want to wear sweatpants on the couch, and then it was like, yikes, sorry. <laughs> it's you did all this. my fault.
1: It's yeah. all your fault. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your your story is has always been just so fascinating to us because we met you in New York. You were doing a storytelling show at UCB mm-hmm. called Strip Stories. I believe at the time you were dating a bodybuilder. <laughs> <laughs> I remember talking. Oh, yeah, oh, that's my favorite part of you. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, but you were dating this guy. But I remember we just talked so much about relationship advice because you had you had gone through a divorce, and then you had a one a solo. Show called bad. What was it? Bad. Bad bride. Bad yeah. bride. And yeah,
2: it's yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh well, I was just
1: going to say. I mean, I just always like look to you for dating advice because also now like you have you appear at least on social media. Who knows? But like, <laughs> you have it all, Julia. You know, you're married to an incredible man. You have a baby. You have a dog, and you also have this like self help podcast. So what I'm asking now is, um how can you help? Uh, get
2: you know it's so it funny though all. but you have to
1: keep in mind that
2: like y- yes I I will I I I will yeah I am in a very good place. like I love my family I'm the most of everything in my life right now I'm the most proud of the family unit I've created and that's been a huge growth thing for me because so much of my confidence and self-worth has always come from career mm-hmm. and it's really nice to. I don't know. It's just my perspective is, and I do think the pandemic is hugely Mm -hmm. to uh, give thanks to in that, because I think it's shifted a lot of people's perspective on like Mm -hmm. what matters. Um, Mm -hmm. That's not to say I don't want to work anymore, but I'm, I definitely have a different view of, of the kind of work I want to do and that it doesn't like, you know, it's not my only thing that defines me, and yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. But my point is, is that yes, mm-hmm. you're correct. I'm, I'm, pr- I'm, I'm happy now. But when you met me, and I was with the bodybuilder, <laughs> yeah, I was giving out great advice, but I was not. It. I was. That was a, a terrible mm-hmm. relationship.
1: But you, you also know? had said you weren't. I think if I remember this correctly, that you never wanted to get married again, like, or you didn't want to have kids. I mean, yeah. it was just you were it really. Was,
2: Yeah, I mean, it was, and I shouldn't say terrible. I I actually don't think that's fair because there was, with every person I've been involved with, there was always some sort of care or love there. It just... I also,
0: if I remember correctly, not to like tell you your own story, but I I also feel like it was exactly what you needed at that particular time in your life.
2: Yes, I believe a lot in messengers. Um, Mm -hmm. Very much so... I mean, I feel this way about, you know, all aspects of life. Like I think it can happen in friendships. It can happen in jobs. I think that things come into your life often, not always, sometimes things just come into your life and they're shit, but there's no deep meaning, but I think, you know, I can look back on every person that I've dated, hooked up with, married, divorced, <laughs> whatever. And I understand why they were in my life at that time, even if it was only, even if it was for 10 years or two mm-hmm. days, like I can look back and, and I think it was it, I think I really lucked out that my most single period of my life was at 35 mm-hmm. because I just was really in it for the lesson,
0: mm-hmm. you
2: know, and to learn and be like, what do I actually want? So I am grateful for that boyfriend that I had when I met you guys, cause I learned, <laughs> A mm-hmm. lot, uh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. protein shakes and all that. <laughs> yeah, uh, so funny.
0: Yeah. Well, you are something yeah. of a renaissance woman because you you've you had your one woman show. You've done stand up. You've did the storytelling. You were very active in storytelling. I think mostly active in storytelling when we met, and then went back into another stand up phase, maybe. Um, and now you have yeah you've had a couple podcasts. You had a podcast with your now husband. And mm-hmm. then uh, now you have another podcast that you've been hosting. Is that, was that since the pandemic?
2: Yes. So I used to host a show called, uh, hopefully, we don't break up with my now husband, Will. And that, if anyone wants relationship advice, honestly listen to that. Cause it was us talking to other couples and we didn't give anyone advice, it was just us learning about how different couples exist and they're dynamic. And mm-hmm. some of them have since mm-hmm. split, um, <laughs> but it was, you know, that show, that show got me really comfortable with the idea of maybe having a child. Cause we interviewed mm. a lot of people with kids, without kids. Um, yeah. It was really, I think that show, I loved that show. Cause it really showed me that there's no rules to relationships. Mm-hmm. Like all those, like, these are red flags do this. Don't sleep with someone the first time sleep with them. Like all that shit. It's all you can't one size fits all any of that. So, mm-hmm. so we ended that podcast after a hundred episodes, just cause um we kind of just didn't want, I sort of felt like the project was taking over too much of our relationship mm-hmm. and we wanted to be mm-hmm. like, wait, we need to like focus on our off pod <laughs> <laughs> relationship. Sure. Uh, and then I had uh, the idea to do a podcast alone, but I was scared just cause I don't know. I like having co-hosts and as you know, with pods or anything you put online, you're like, does anyone even listen? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I, is this another, am I adding to the pile of <laughs> the dumpster that is the, I mean, there's just so much content, you know? So, uh, but then I just finally did it uh, during the pandemic and it's called Should I Get Bangs? And it's me talking, uh, it's been a lot of comedians, but I'm starting to book non-comics too uh, about breakdowns and breakthroughs. So it, it ends up being, it, that's really just like a entryway into a deeper conversation about mental mm-hmm. health and you know keeping your cool and and feelings and all that stuff but um but yeah it's been it's been really fun
1: have you had like a major breakdown in your life or a couple in or? my uh- life yeah. <laughs> oh my god
2: i mean why do you think i started the pod mostly so i could tell <laughs> so many, uh, especially before I started taking meds. Um, I mean, yeah, like I've cried in every public park in below 72nd street in Manhattan for sure. Uh, I've cried in every rental car I've ever rented when I was in Los Angeles visiting. I mean, buses, trains, you know, I, uh, yeah, I've, I've, Th- those are like the minis, but like the real <laughs> meltdowns. Yeah. I've had like a good, well, you know, it's hard. It's like, what do you consider a meltdown? Cause mm-hmm. I also consider it anything from, you know, yelling at customer service when they really didn't deserve it. Cause you mm-hmm. just needed to like flip out on someone to contemplating suicide. I mean, there's like mm-hmm. a huge spectrum there. So I hope that I'm doing a good job of not minimizing anyone's situation by like, having somebody tell a story about getting a bad haircut after a breakup, Mm -hmm. you know, but it it has run the gamut all the way to, you know, people talking about suicidal ideations and, uh, you know, alcohol abuse and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but we always make it funny. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sorry to say, but suicide, if you've ever thought about it, you know, that it's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. If you've ever really thought about killing yourself and you haven't done it, you gotta laugh at it when you feel better.
1: <laughs> That's true. Well, that is you know? very true. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you say that you um, are, you know, a comedian, obviously, and but then a self help expert.
2: <laughs> I've never called myself a self help expert. You
1: said it on the Joe Firestone podcast, the episode. That's where I got I it. Didn't, I said I was an expert, or like, well, you are joking, obviously. Oh,
2: I said that I've I've been a self help addict in the past.
1: Maybe it was, maybe I heard wrong. Yeah. My apologize. You would no, never no, say expert.
2: <laughs> I, I actually know because expert to me, I mean, this is my own bullshit, but like people used to call me a relationship expert when I had the podcast and I'm like, that's another, that's just like putting comedian in your bio. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know, right. when you go on Instagram and they're like, I'm a spiritual manifestation expert. <laughs> and you're like, all you're doing is selling smoothies. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> what? Take off your big hat. What are your, what are your credentials? Um. Anyway, so. Uh, No, I wouldn't say I'm an expert. (laughs) I don't know what I'm an expert in. I guess I'm just an expert in me, which is, (sighs) but I have gone through phases in my life where I overindulged in self-help. To Mm -hmm. a point where it was, like, I need to stop thinking there's something so wrong Mm -hmm. with me. Like, Oh, interesting. What was, like, the –
0: because I love, like, self-help shit. I just, like, love it. I love Uh all of it. I Like, I've gone through so many phases of, like, different books and crazy things. But, like, what's one of the craziest books that you were like, yes, for, like, a hot second?
2: I don't know if any of them have been too – okay, well, most of the books I've read, I I – I mean, with the exception of, like, you know – the secret which like in retrospect you're like you can't just man you do have to (gasps) leave your house you know like when I read the secret I was like I guess I'm just gonna cancel all my shows and smoke weed and stay home you know and that doesn't work but uh um I don't know if I've read any crazy books but some of my favorite I love untethered soul
0: Mm -hmm. oh is it the horse on the cover I think yeah horse like yes my mother bought me that for Christmas one year I have to read. That. <laughs> wow, I gotta read that one. <laughs> I haven't. Like, oh. I I
2: I haven't read it. I read it during that that <laughs> when I was single year, and it it did make me so sad, uh, but in like a good way. But I will say the like craziest self help thing I've done, and I'm embarrassed of it because I thought that I was like not done with self help. Like I still you know, like I love listening to like Tara Brock, who I consider more so spirituality and Buddhism than self-help. You know, I think there's like a, I think the self-help I don't really like is the stuff that's like, read this book and it will change your Mm -hmm. life guaranteed. It's like, Mm -hmm. it kind of goes back to the relationship advice. It's like, but this book might not change my life. Like you can't, promise me Mm -hmm. that. Right. So when I first moved to LA three or four years ago, I don't know what time is. Um, (laughs) a friend of mine was like, you've got to check out this manifestation coach online. And I was like, okay. And she wears, you know, like, Oh, white linen. And she talks like this, Um, (gasps) all of her videos are, you know, in front of, it looks like a staged real estate house, you know, just very, simple and <laughs> she you know I think it was like seventy five dollars and I paid for like one of her uh hypnosis sort of talks I don't know and I thought I was really into it for like a week <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I it felt I don't know kind of just had like a very privileged vibe mm-hmm. to it of like there's no reason why you can't be a millionaire? I'm like, mm, actually, yeah. you know, <laughs> like there are, and and I also like her journey to it. Not to discount anyone's journey, but like, it was literally like, I was you know sitting in my garden, and I realized one day I didn't want to be an actress anymore, and so I found manifestation. Right, right. Like it was like there <laughs> right. wasn't like it wasn't like my husband left me. I was in right, a fire. Right. You know, even like. I broke my ankle, like even something, it was nothing. Um, mm. So that's the one I paid for two. I paid for two. I spent $150 on this woman. <laughs> and then I was like, wow, I'm not going to manifest any money if I keep <laughs>
0: uh,
2: doing this. Right. So,
0: yeah. And I think that the key though to that stuff is it's like, it's like what you were saying earlier, Julia. It's like it can't just be that you sit and smoke weed and wait for things to come to you. Yes. That's mm-hmm. the part that I yeah. think that people like can mm-hmm. get caught up. So like even like this lady you're talking about, she's like, You're gonna be like a like a, a millionaire. It's like, sure, oh that sure that could happen, but like what are the steps that I'm gonna have to do to get there? And and you can have yeah. f- belief in yourself and like definitely the like for me, it's like the positive self talk has been like really mm-hmm. a big change. Oh, yeah. But like that all that stuff is like good for mental health. Period, (laughs) you know, no matter.
2: Yeah, like I, I am very much into manifestation. My husband and I own too many crystals. I love you know, like I love crystals.
1: It's I mean, it's
2: a California. It's a requirement. You get off the plane at LAX, they hand you a crystal. They're like,
0: welcome.
2: (laughs) But I more so mean. I I guess what I struggle with is the business. Mm of manifestation mm-hmm. and like, don't get me wrong. Like I like, okay. So I do, um, Kundalini yoga mm. and I, I don't know if you know, it's yeah. like, it's, it's a lot of breath work. It's like, it's, it's pretty out there the first time you do it, but I i love it. I've been doing it for almost 20 years mm. and it's, uh, and I remember asking a teacher of mine, like many years ago, I was like, you know, if this is so positive, like, why aren't, why aren't classes free that, you know, because like, I I have a lot of, I don't know, I just don't have a very good business brain in my mind, like everything that's positive is free. (laughs) And and it's like, well, but it's actually a, a spiritual act to pay someone for their service mm-hmm. because it's like mm-hmm. you're honoring them, the teacher. This was like many years ago where like this was explained to me. So so don't get me wrong. Like I get why an author should be paid, an artist should be paid, a, a coach should be paid. So I don't have a problem with be- people being paid to help someone manifest or write a self-help book. It's like the batshit, crazy, Unregulated world of the internet where Mm. everyone is now selling. It just feels very like that world is what turns has turned me off a little bit to the even the word manifestation because I do feel like a lot of times it's like a girl in a bikini thong. You Mm -hmm. know, do you follow girls with irrelevant captions? No, but it sounds like no. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. It's like a girl like looking over her thong bikini. You know, like grabbing her breasts, like eating an ice cream cone, being like, if you dream, if you dream it, you can be right, it. Right, right. You know, and you're like, <laughs> like what? what? <laughs> Why? Like, this is just getting – and I guess she's right because she probably dreamed of money and now she's getting it through brand sponsorship. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm the asshole here to be completely honest. But No, but I th- – yeah, I don't know if that makes any sense. It makes a lot
0: of sense. And I think that also like as someone who has done extremely deep dark dives into the internet world of like that, that manifestation business model thing, there is this like really um it's one thing to like read a thing on Instagram or buy a book or whatever. It's another to like you'll see people that are like they don't they clearly don't know what they're talking about, but they know they can take money from people. And they know they yes. can take money from desperate people. So it is like one of those yes. things you have to be careful, like it's like preying on weak people that are at their, yeah. you know, mm. in, in the most need. So that can be problematic. But I do like yeah. fall asleep to like Neville Goddard videos like every single night <laughs> just like.
2: Oh, I don't know who Neville Goddard he, is.
0: Uh, he's like super duper manifestation man where he um okay. He like when was it I mean it was like the 1930s or something and he has this weird um, from like the Bahamas and he has this weird like Bahamanian British accent colonial type thing and then he talks his big thing is um, to prove that you can manifest he says uh, tell to try not to manifest an, a ladder in the next two weeks. Just try, you know, if you really like think about a ladder every single night before you go to bed and then tr- and then tr- really, really, really try not to manifest one. And he's like, and you'll manifest a ladder. And he's like, and then come back and then you'll learn some more things from me. And so people talk about how like they, they didn't want to manifest the ladder. They're like this guy's all phony. And then they like somehow found themselves in some situation that they never would normally have been in. And now they're like climbing a ladder and they're like, oh, he got me. <laughs> so
2: Yeah, because it's, it's what you think, what you put your energy Toward, yeah, basically, yeah. You attract. Yeah. Well, but it's. I mean, like the core of manifestation, like you said earlier, is it's like believing you deserve something. Mm-hmm. So that part makes total sense. So, like, if you don't believe you're deserving of a good partner, right. right? And you're sitting there going, "Oh, I wish I could get a you know a great husband," but you actually don't believe you deserve it. Like that that insecure, low confidence vibe is going to not be magnetic. Absolutely. So, like, mm-hmm. so I totally. I, I, a hundred, I mean, I a hundred percent know that I manifested a lot of the good things I have right now. Like, um, I mean, if you want to hear a real trippy out there yes. story of manifestation that has to do with Conan, I can tell yes, you that. Yes,
1: yes, 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, Love this stuff.
2: So I, I got approved to do it in January of 2019. And then I didn't, that was it. Like I got approved, but I didn't have like a date. My rep was reaching out to follow up. No one was responding. Uh, I had already popped my outfit (laughs) because I was so excited and I knew exactly what I wanted to wear as a screen jumpsuit. And I like rush ordered it, you know, like because I I didn't know the process, right? And outfit Mm -hmm. was like almost, I mean, maybe even more so important than the jokes, which you know. (laughs) You look fabulous, by the way. Thank you, (laughs) but I should put more focus on the jokes. And so, (laughs) I, um, I, kind of, I wasn't like in the best headspace at that time. Too, I was feeling. I was, I had gone off my medication. I'm on Zoloft, not like, you know, just, I wasn't in therapy. I, I don't know. I just wasn't doing the work or taking the care that I normally had. And I was kind of getting in that like cycle of like poor me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like that's partially why they didn't respond mm-hmm. not that they knew but I don't think my vibe yeah. was maybe I would have like melted down I don't know right. I, maybe because it is like a really nerve-wracking experience so cut to uh I, and I and I every time I'd go to my closet I'd see the jumpsuit and it progressively got further and further shoved oh. in the back of mm-hmm. my closet and like then I started getting mad I was like fuck you jumpsuit <laughs> F- like fuck this shit like I was just I I don't know, bad energy. So then later in the year, I I did a lot of work. I started seeing a therapist. I um I had like a, a breakdown when I was in DC on the road doing a show. I didn't want to leave my hotel room and do the shows. I was just like so fucking sad and just like in a hole. And uh on the and then I decided that time in DC. I was like, okay, I need to go and see a psychiatrist and have a psychiatrist say to me, you are clinically depressed and anxious. Cause I've always had like a therapist and then like my physician gave me Medicaid and like, it's always, and then I'm like, oh, well I'll just smoke weed and see if that, like, it's kind of just been a hodgepodge. Mm-hmm. And there was something in my brain that was like, well, if I go see a psychiatrist and they can just like tell me what I already know and tell me I should stick with the Zoloft, then I don't know, it'll kind of like, confirm it mm-hmm. for me or like make me, I don't I don't know what it was, but I just decided that's what I needed to do. And um, I think a few weeks before this occurred, I had made a vision board for the first time in my mm-hmm. life. I had always been about to, but then didn't. And on the vision board, I put Conan amongst a bunch of other things and I put it in my drawer and I'd look at it occasionally, but not that often. And then, so I had this experience in DC and then I got back to Uh, Los Angeles and I made an appointment with a psychiatrist. Oh, I'm sorry. On the flight from DC to Los Angeles, I listened to a podcast and Conan happened to be on it talking about being on medication. And I didn't know that Conan was on medication. And he talked very openly about his own mental health I like cried on the plane listening to it I like forget <laughs> I forgave Conan <laughs> for not getting that it's not him do you know what I mean but like it, but that this energy thing, I just, you had to
0: like leave. release yes. that like negative shit you had around it well because it wasn't about doing the show
2: like mm. it, it, it's a mm-hmm. show It was about my Mm self-worth was so tied into this, like, I felt like I was being ignored. Like I wasn't cool and like, Mm. like just what's wrong with me. Like all that fucking bullshit. Right. That I think gets exacerbated by this business, unfortunately. Mm. Um, And so I get back, I... Uh, I'm, I'm unpacking, you know, uh, I see the jumpsuit and I was like, you know what, let me try it on and see if it still fits. So it fit. And I like literally looked in the mirror and I was like, you know what, Julia, you might not wear this on Conan, but you're going to wear this someplace fabulous. And you might not know where that is yet, but like everything's okay. And I put the jumpsuit back in the front and I go to my psychiatrist appointment. Uh, and you know, she confirmed everything I kind of already knew And then at my second appointment with her, I'm leaving her office and I get a call at 8 p.m. at night from the Booker of Conan. Mm -hmm. He was like, hey, crazy offer, but do you want to do the show tomorrow? And I was like, uh, and without even thinking, I go, Yeah. uh, Okay. Just give me a second to think about it. I go, I got to be honest with you though. I'm like, I never thought I was going to hear from you again. I I was actually really mad. (laughs) Like I was like, I felt really, he's like, no, it's just like, you know, people get moved Mm -hmm. around and then like someone's in. like, I mean, it's, we all know how this business Mm -hmm. works. Like it's so few things are personal Mm -hmm. and people don't just like say you're great just to make you feel better. They just like tell you to fuck up, you know, like no one's anyways. So uh, I called my husband and he happened to be with another comedian friend of ours, Jordan and temple. And I was like, Hey, uh, I just got this call. Should I do it? And they were both like, yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, but I haven't practiced. And they were like, you know, you're fine. And What's also interesting about that is like, I said to you guys, the whole reason why I resisted that whole process was because I hated the whole like practicing and making tapes Mm -hmm. and like, I just do better when I flow. So I said, yes, I, I slipped onto one show that night just to like run it. Mm -hmm. I didn't even do that. Well, it just felt good to come out of my Mm -hmm. mouth. I went and did the show. And then afterwards when like, you know, they're shaking Conan, shaking your hand to say like great job or whatever. I I said to my go, Hey, I just want to let you, I'm going to cry. Uh, I was like, I just want to let oh. you know. I was like in a real hole, uh, like a month ago. And I knew I needed to like do a different approach. And i listened to that podcast with you. And it was like the final push that I needed to take action. So like, I'm like on medication again, I'm like with a psychiatrist, like, so thank you. And he like, was like, Thank you so much for telling. It was like this beautiful oh. moment. And I was like, yeah, that's how I want my TV moment to mm-hmm. go. Where I, it's like, of course, my TV moment is me pulling the host aside and being like, I just want to let you know, like my mental health. You yeah, know? So, like, yeah. But it was it so that to me, so that's why that experience was so special. It was like special, it wasn't just about comedy. Cause like I've had cool things happen in comedy and I've had shitty things happen in comedy, but this was more about like, my frame of mind and my mental place Mm. and all this stuff. And so, yeah. That's that's the
0: kind of manifestation, though, that I believe in with every ounce of my being, which is that, like, for whatever reason, the universe was like, wait, wait, wait. Now, I sound like that guy across the street. But, like, you know, because it's like, (laughs) if you – I was like, I've heard that before. Oh, right. Um, But I – it's because – it was, like you said, it was was about more than the comedy. You needed to, like, be Mm. in the place that you were in to have that full experience. And, like, this is where I get hippy-dippy because I'm like, there is, like, a grander picture to a lot of this stuff and i believe in like the energies and we all we're all one thing anyway in my opinion yeah so it's like there's a reason why this like dance had worked out the way that it did and i think that this happens all the time with relationships too right where people are like oh they're single forever and they can't date a good person and once they like let it go and start loving themselves they've like reframed their energy and their place of their peace of mind their place and then they can really bring in someone that's a kind loving partner and not you know a narcissistic piece of shit like i usually drag it (laughs) i've
2: had had three friends over the last i don't know eight years i've watched them be like i am done dating Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i have had it i am at peace with the fact that i'm going to be single forever I and they all three of them had a, a very random like, and then this guy who I haven't spoken to in this many years, or like this person like like out of the blue. And you know, I, I always try to be careful with those stories because and again, maybe this is where I, I have I struggle sometimes with stuff. I don't like it when those stories are told, like, so don't you mm-hmm, worry. Mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. do the, just buy this book, read mm-hmm. these things, and this will definitely happen to you. I'm like, no, you don't know. That's that's fortune teller <laughs> shit, right? But I think what is true is sharing those stories and being like, I don't know what the result is gonna be but I am certain that if you learn to be kinder to yourself, good things will happen. It might not be the exact thing you were looking for. For me, it happened to be that Conan thing, but there was a million things I was trying to manifest to, you know, like Mm -hmm. that just happened to be the one that worked out. If you saw the thing, you were like, well, you also wanted a huge house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, that didn't, you know, Mm -hmm. well, actually, I mean, it's a rental, but you know, I.
0: (laughs) No, totally. What I think what you're saying too is dead on, which is that like, I think the other thing one starts to discover as they try to do more self-care, positive self-talk, you know, manifesting, but not because you're like, I need this thing, but because like, you know what, I'm just going to let go and let God or however you want to say it and like live my life and be happy with myself. I think one of the things that sometimes one learns is that the things that they thought they wanted so desperately it's something yeah. else. You know, it's not what they thought they wanted. Mm. And you start to reframe. And, and like you said with your podcast with relationships, so if we were speaking about relationships, relationships look different. You know, different mm-hmm. kinds of relationships look different. So if you've been thinking, oh, I need to get married by this age and have a baby by this age and all that, because why? You know, why are you thinking that? Is it because you want that? Or is it because your parents have been telling you that or your sister's been telling that or whatever? So I think that that's another place where you start to really like and it's part of what therapy is just in general, um, just being able to like look at yourself and take some things apart and go like, what what do I want? You know, what do I why do I beat myself up so much? Why do I suffer with these thoughts that I may or may not need to be dealing with? I was just I, we talked about this once in the pod, but I have this sort of thing where I used to be very like, you know, oh, you stupid cunt why are you doing this like just to myself all the time you know and I started like reframe just trying to get rid of that entirely and now I'm like Mm -hmm. I just it just comes totally second nature to me now if I'm having a stressful moment or I'm not happy with something I go you're doing fine you're doing fine, Lovey. Just keep going, you know. Or do you lovey. want? To, what do you Aww. want? You want to take a little break? We can take a little break. What do you need to do? You know. And it's well, so it's that helpful. whole notion of would you treat somebody else? Yes, that exactly. Way. Mm. I would
2: never treat someone the way I treat myself. Totally. Sometimes, ever. I mean, when I think about what I currently, the most important things in my life right now, which are my husband and my child, and my home and my family. Like I, none of it looks the way I pictured Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. years ago but I couldn't imagine anything else it feels so and I don't and when I say that people are like I don't mean to say like I don't have disputes with my partner I'm not stressed I don't get sad still I mean like I'm still a human being but I did design like my therapist says this to me all the time whenever I have Because I'm very, uh, (laughs) I don't know, uh, contentment is very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. to me, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. even like being like, I'm happy, like, because it's just, it's such an easy habit. And I think we're all trained this way through like being in a capitalist society, being women, like all that stuff. It's so... Comfortable to feel bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, to be like, I'm not enough. Oh, I should be depressed about that. Like, you know, I mean, I know it's a chemical thing too, but I'm saying like, it's just, it's very easy to sit in misery and complain. And so, like, sometimes I'm in therapy and I'm like, yeah, it's like really, like, I don't know. Like, sometimes I just want to like spend the day with my daughter and it's like really, honestly, like, it makes me really happy. I mean, like, I'm just like really lucky. And she's like, well, no, you're, you're not, you are lucky. Like, you should be great, but you, like you, you know, you worked on yourself, you chose your partner, you, you Mm -hmm. are the kind of parent you want. Like it's, you forget to give yourself, I think it's for me, it's been really easy for me to only know to give myself credit when it's something Mm career-wise, because that's something I can post and be like, look what Mm -hmm. I did. And people are like, you go girl, girl boss, (laughs) you know? And you're like, yeah. And like, that's like what you're supposed to celebrate. But then when you really step back, I'm like, well, no, but the things that like young me would really be blown away by is the fact that I, I don't know, I get to wake up every morning and like do whatever I want and dress how I want. And I have these cool friends and like just all, like I have a hammock, you know, like that kind of stuff. (laughs) Like the career stuff is amazing, Mm -hmm. but I, you know, I don't know. People can, if you really want something in your career, you can get Mm -hmm. it. Mm. you know, like every, like that's, I don't I don't, know, I don't really know if that's what I really want, wanted to say, like, not that you can get it, but it's.
0: It's something you can work I, on. I just that how, I feel like, I, I feel like I feel what you're saying because I think also in the.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't I'm not verbal. I didn't, that's not what I wanted to say at the end, but I just mean like,
0: what did I mean? I think <laughs> <what> you meant. <laughs> Let me tell you what I think you meant. I think where you were partly what I am gathering and i'm feeling a similar way especially during the pandemic you start to see this it's just that simple feeling of like realizing what's really important here Mm -hmm. is this like attain and it's it's like the conan story honestly it's like yeah you could have just done conan months before and we could have been in a bad mind space and you could have just done it and checked it off your list but for whatever reason in, in your case then you actually what was important to you about the conan thing it wasn't necessarily doing the set it was having the experience of the connection with another human being and you know what I mean those were yes. the things that were
2: important and feeling like I deserved it and feeling
0: it. like and being prepared mm-hmm. like to deserve it like I went
2: there yeah. yeah when I was there I didn't do what I've done before which is I was gracious but I wasn't like oh my right. I can't believe you Right. Me. Mm. Uh, just me this piece of right. shit mm. like I was really nice to walk in and be like hello thank you for having me this is I'm you're doing you're not doing me a favor we are working mm. together and and that is such a different and I don't have that all the time but I'm trying to like it's you forget how often you're like yeah I remember someone talking about casting like an acting teacher was like yeah you're doing cat if you're good You're doing casting a favor. You're making their job easier. Instead of walking into like an audition room being like, uh, did someone tell you to, did my mom tell you to call? (laughs) You know, like that sort of like worthlessness that you were talking about with manifestation. Mm -hmm. Like that's what manifestation is. It's just believing that you're worthy of whatever it is that could potentially bring you joy. And I
0: think also having trust in um, yourself or whatever it is you want to trust, but having Mm -hmm. some faith that things... Can work out. You know what I mean? Even if they don't in this immediate moment, it's like, I didn't get the thing I wanted right now. It's like, so what? Mm -hmm. So what? You know what I mean? Maybe you'll never get it. Maybe you will get it. But like, the more you try to hang on to these, and that's how I feel about money generally too. Mm -hmm. Like, when people get really Mm -hmm. intense about money, sometimes you can get it, you know, but at what cost? Like, are you getting it because you're not paying your employees? Are you getting it because you're like, there's abundance everywhere, and I feel, you know, happy with my life, and I enjoy my job, and I'm and I'm enjoying every moment that comes up. And then sometimes I don't. I'm not happy, but that's okay, because
1: then in those moments yeah. I can go. I need a nap. I'm gonna take a nap, <laughs> you know, or whatever it is you need. Well, I listen to Matthew McConaughey's uh, book on tape, and he's all about the timing. It's a really good book. I really? Highly, no, yeah, I, my husband <laughs> is obsessed with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, really? Obsessed. His book is so great. It really is trusting the timing. And then his big thing is green lights. <laughs> like, but it's like you have to be – your eyes have to be open and aware – to trust the universe to see the green lights and then to also understand that there's red lights and yellow lights. Very simple, yeah. <laughs> very <Yeah>. simple. <laughs> but I think I think it's just such a beautiful thing. This morning I was at the grocery store and it's there's been crazy storms here in Nashville. It's raining again here and everyone's a little bit like, oh God, what's happening? And so I was at the grocery store and this man was checking me out I was like, it's raining again, you know, Wait, checking and he, you out, like check. Oh, I wish. No, just literally <laughs> scanning my cat food. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, Yep. Just checking me out. Uh, But he but I but I made the like negative comment of like, oh, it's raining again. And he goes, ain't it beautiful? Hmm. Oh. And I was like, I was like, wow, yes. And he was like, you got to change that perspective. And it made me remember. I have this quote, and it hit me the other day because I, I have been struggling with all the with negative thoughts. You know, I'm, I left New York. I'm here in Nashville yeah. now. Are you happy I, there? I am. I mean, I, I there's things like I'm wondering, I, you know, what's next, sort of thing. But like some cool stuff's happening, so I have to just trust in the timing and stuff. And but, are you in New York? Yes, yeah, sorry, I'm still in Brooklyn. Yes, okay. Um, but I this I was reading this thing on on Third Eye Thoughts, but. They posted, if you believe it will work out, you'll see opportunities. If you believe it won't, you'll see obstacles. It's like such such a simple thing. But mm-hmm. I I like then quoted this to the guy today at the grocery store.
0: <laughs> Let me read from my Instagram. <laughs> I
1: mean Yeah. No, I well, I kind of like, yeah. Uh but but then we both had just like a moment of like, you know, oh, I, I was like, thank you. Yeah. I said I was like, thank you for reminding me this. <laughs> yeah. I've been like trying to shove down myself lately. Cause uh, yeah, it, there's, it's all in the frame of mind. It really, truly yeah. is.
2: And you can I mean, I think with the pandemic and, and I'm, you know, I don't know if you guys had this experience. I feel like a lot of people did, like I practiced gratitude and, you know, I tried to stay positive and I, you know, I, I did a lot of like, well, at least, you know, like I know my parents can't meet my kid, but like, at least I'm on homeschooling and at least I'm alive. And like, and then I think it's great to, be grateful and positive, but I also think it's equally important to allow yourself time to some be upset and grieve sometimes mm-hmm. too. And, and know that it doesn't have to be so, um, I, I think positivity is important, but I think also honoring how you feel is also important. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's just – it's I mean, it's like everything. It's like a balance, right? right? I think mm-hmm. – like you don't want to be walking into the grocery store every time and complaining about something.
1: Right. But, you know,
2: if you just experienced a job mm-hmm. loss or like a breakup right. and you're like, fuck the rain, <laughs> it's like – yeah. OK. <laughs> you know, but if yeah. you're just like, fuck the rain every day because you're a miserable right. person, then I don't know. I, it makes
0: me right. think of the um, I did not listen to the Matthew McConaughey book on tape yet, but I should. Um, <laughs> but when I think of I've to me, too, um, when I hear red light, green light, yellow light, I think I don't know if this is what he meant or not, but it feels like internally. Right. So it's like, do, do I. Am I feeling like this is a good match? Am I feeling like resistance? Am I feeling like whatever? And I think that's where the work comes in and where we don't, we're not very good at this in the United States is like being in tune with how we feel and not being oh, no. like controlled yeah. by, oh, this commercial just said I should have a hamburger. So I guess that's what I feel like eating. It's like, well, is it though? Or impulsive. yeah, the Impulsive. Impulsive mm. and also just like, I'm not supposed, I'm a man. I'm not supposed to cry. It's like, well, if you're feeling sad, it's just cry. Just let it out. It's okay. Mm. You know, I,
2: I can embarrassingly admit, I've never admitted this, I think, out loud. It's not that dramatic. Uh, <laughs> but the amount of times that I think I've maybe, like, reached out to someone about years ago, like, about a comedy opportunity that I didn't even pause to think about if I actually wanted mm-hmm. it. I was reaching out because I saw somebody else post about it, and I was like, well, why wasn't I asked? You know? mm-hmm. And it came from that, like, uh, uh, impulsive, like, ego bruise mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of, like, pausing and really thinking about – why why am I taking this action Mm -hmm. um and I'm really glad that I don't do that the way Mm -hmm. I used to because it it it's like a gross energy Mm -hmm. for everyone involved you know Mm -hmm. and then if god forbid the person says yes and then you're like wait I didn't even want Mm -hmm. to I mean I think I even have done that with like friends in the past where I've been like yeah do you want to hang out and then I'm like wait I only did that because I feel like I haven't I haven't seen, I haven't reached out enough or like, I haven't gone out enough, you know, like I was probably more when I was younger, but I do feel like, it's like what you're saying about the commercial for the hamburger. (laughs) Like you, you just, it's really about being in in touch with yourself, Mm -hmm. but everything about the modern world is designed to make you escape. Totally. I mean, we don't even have time for me to get into phones, but <laughs> oh. I think everyone is so sick of hearing me talk about, it's my number one fear with my child is, is mm. the direct, like I'm a lot of the other fears I had are gone now that she's here. But my number one fear is like, fuck, what the fuck is technology going to be like when she's older? Is she going to uh-huh. be friends with robots? Like, <laughs>
1: I think so. Know? Yeah. I think that's going to happen. No, <laughs> I don't know. Well, so. One crazy thing that we forgot to even state when we began is that you are – this is our 99th episode mm-hmm. for Difficult Women. Um, and you're Well, com- congrats to you because you're the our, our first mother that we've had on.
2: Oh, my goodness. Actually. I know. In ni- 99 women? Isn't that kind well, of – Well, we've had different well, – we, sometimes
0: we, we have hosts. I mean, we have guests and sometimes we don't. We've been trying to get moms on, but they're really busy. (laughs) Surprise, surprise, especially.
1: (laughs) Pandemic (laughs) is the time to get them. But you gave birth during the pandemic. I did. I wore a mask. Thinking about you. Yeah. We're just (laughs) thinking about you this whole time. But also, yeah now having a child within this (laughs) beautiful world (laughs) and worrying about robots and stuff.
2: It's the, it was the best and worst. Like, I think a lot of people probably feel that way about different things. I'm really, I mean, so many people have like a, they were blank during the pandemic. They were, you know, they got married during the pandemic. They had a bit, you know, there's all these different things that happen. I mean, it, it sucked in that, you know, no one, there was no one who could like come over when we got home mm-hmm. from the hospital and like really help us. And I mean, my parents live across the country anyways, but you know, not even like friends cause it was in July. It was the peak of people being mm-hmm. terrified, you know, and, you know, being at the hospital, thank God my husband could come in with me because I know people that couldn't mm-hmm. have partners come in and luckily that changed right when it was our turn. And, you know, my, my family's finally going to meet her at nine months and, but it, and you know, it's been like, thank God for FaceTime, but like that's mm-hmm. getting exhausting. you know, as we're all sort of a little screened out, but the positives, you know, I, it was really funny because months before the pandemic, I guess it was, I don't know if it was before the pandemic started or before we knew it was gonna like be this long, my sister, and my mom were trying to figure out when to come out. Cause they were gonna, the plan was they were gonna come out like a few days after I got home from the hospital. And I said to my husband, I'm like, I think I want to, I read this like Kundalini yoga book that was like, you should spend the first week alone, just you and your partner, if you're partnered and your child to really like bond as a unit. And then after a week, people can come stay and stuff. It's not like a hard, fast rule. It's just a suggestion. And I really loved that thought of like the three of us Mm. and the dog uh, (laughs) bonding (laughs) And then it was so funny because then I was like, again, I was like, oh, no, did I manifest too much bonding time because <laughs> then it turned into months? Um, oh, gosh. But, you know, the but the positives have been like neither of us have been able to go out to work any Mm -hmm. work we've had has been from home we've mostly been full-time parents you know I'm not like my ego isn't getting jealous of people Mm -hmm. that are out doing shows because I mean I fucking fall asleep at like 9 30 often you know like Mm -hmm. I don't know unless people will book me for like 6 p.m spots (laughs) I might be calling it quits again for a bit um but yeah it's I mean be being there for her so I don't even know what it would have been like to give birth at a quote-unquote normal time and I also don't know how I'm going to go back to like like I mean I spend every day with her all day Mm. you know so yeah and she's like a real happy I think she's (gasps) a happy baby because of it
0: Mm -hmm. well that's really special that I mean I think that that is i've i known a couple of people that had babies during this time and it's everything you're saying is what i've heard too it's just like you get extra time you know and that is so important that is really what it's most important um i know somebody that Mm. this was during non-pandemic times she uh was preparing to have her baby and then um the plan was like we're gonna have the baby and then as soon as i can get him into daycare i'm gonna go back to work and it was i was like i don't think you're gonna want to do that and the minute that she had the baby she was like what was I thinking like I don't want to have to go back to work if oh, yeah. I can ever help it because you want to be with your baby and that's the I mean, tragedy this was, of oh, sorry so, no, I was gonna say the tragedy of American like uh, uh yes pa- maternity yes, exactly. leave mm-hmm.
2: I mean this was probably for some people this was probably the best maternity leave they could mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. imagined having mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so, and yeah. on the episode of your of uh should I cut my bangs, podcast, um with Aparna Nancherla, she said something that was like I hadn't really said it out loud or thought of it in a full thought, but she said it exactly right, which is like she's having anxiety about the ending of the pandemic. Oh yeah, and a hundred percent. Do you have like? any i mean or maybe and there's it's absolutely fine if you're like i have no idea but do you have thoughts of like what that's going to look like for you guys or or in your maybe career or not for now or what do you what are you thinking
2: um i mean i'll so i'm gonna finally see my family in april and it's honestly been hard for me to think of like until my family and my husband's parents and my parents meet our child like i can't even think of anything else Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. it's it I'm at peace with mm-hmm. it, but like, I'm, I can't, I'm going to lose my mind when it happens, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so once that happens, I think I can get more clarity sure. on what the rest of my life looks like. Uh, but you know, I don't know. I've been, uh, it's what has been nice during the pandemic is I, a couple things, like, I feel like I was able to reconnect with some hobbies mm. and I feel that often everything I've done over the last, like, 15, 18 years or whatever, I've always been like, no, how do I make this a business? Is this my new Mm -hmm, thing? You know? mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I can just like write a poem Mm -hmm. or cook Mm -hmm. a meal because I feel like it. So that's been nice. Um, so I would like that to carry with me after the pandemic. Um, I feel like my time I'm really, um, Conscious of how I use it. So like, and that's partially also having a Mm -hmm. child. So like when it's, when I have my free time, when my husband takes the chat, my child and uh, you know, I have two hours or whatever to write or work on a project. I am way more focused Mm -hmm. because time just means more to me now and it's more limited. Whereas like, I think before when I kind of was just like walking around New York with my laptop running, I don't even know where I was going. I would like sit down at a coffee shop to write, but literally just be Googling like how to write a script,
1: (laughs) how to write a book, you know, like,
2: am I a piece of shit? Like it was just, I, I was preparing to work all the time rather than actually working. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think also who I hang out with might change a little bit. Like I was always someone that felt like I had to invite every person to my parties and that that's mm-hmm. not a bad thing, but I, I don't know if I have the energy to do that as much. Mm-hmm. Um, I love people, but I also want to like put a lot more focus into the people that I am closest mm-hmm. with rather than trying to have a million friends. Um, <laughs> And then career-wise, I don't know. I have these two writing projects I've been working on for the last few months that are not performance-related, and I would like to see them through. And if my life goes in the direction of more offstage but still fulfilled creatively, cool. Mm -hmm. And if I feel like I want to do more performance again, cool. But but right now, I just had a friend ask me if I want to do a show. And I said, yes, because <laughs> I think I do. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to have to put on clothes mm-hmm. past 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I really like your answer. I really mm-hmm. like the that answer. That's, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just That's a healthy yeah. answer. It's a, it's a true as opposed to like, we're going to get back out there and I'm just going to like hit, you know. And for some people, that is what they want. And that's totally fine, too. But I think yours is very well thought out.
2: It makes me sad mm-hmm. because it feels um what my therapist said recently, which I love. She's like, well, with every choice, there's grief, mm-hmm. even when it's a positive mm-hmm. choice, because mm-hmm. you're always grieving the opposite, the other choice. Mm-hmm. So if I choose to write a book, I mean, that's so fucking exciting to me, mm-hmm. but I might also have grief of not mm-hmm. touring. Mm -hmm. Not that I can't do both at this. There's plenty of people who do all the things. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I want to be someone that does 10 things at once anymore. Because for me, it's always kind of made me feel like jack of all trades, master Mm -hmm. of none. Mm -hmm. And so I really, over this last year, I've just kind of been like, okay, let me try to do one thing at a time. Like when I'm a mom, Mm -hmm. I am when I'm mothering, I'm with my child. I am not like on my laptop. Like I want to be there. Mm -hmm. When she's being taken care of by someone else and it's my work time, I want to work. I don't want to be like shopping for- yeah. Dresses, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm trying to really like do one thing at a time. So I don't know. I don't know what that means. I mean, you could ask me tomorrow and I might be like, I'm trying to sell a special, I love, you I know, it. and I mean,
1: it's this bigger honoring. Kind well, of I around. hope it's a book. Yeah, I really hope it's a book because you're such a talented writer. Oh my god,
2: you guys! This podcast is such an ego <laughs> boost. Thank you so much.
1: <laughs> well, we just adore you. I mean, really. Oh, likewise. We're coming to a close, but um, we've been wanting to have you on for so long mm-hmm. because you know you made such an impression on us when we first met you long time ago with oh. your relationship advice, and then just watching you grow. And I mean, it's just so amazing to see where you're at and your beautiful family. We're just so happy for you.
2: Oh, I just want to say to anyone listening, like it, the, the whole phrase, it's never too late is like, could not be true. like, if you told me when I was 20, when I was 27 and super depressed and planning a wedding, because I thought this was my only shot to get married, I have to be mm-hmm. married by 30, you know. And then cut to like, you know, when I was in that relationship with the bodybuilder, I was like, like, I guess I should get pregnant because I'm definitely going to be too old. And what if my, shit like, you know, and again, I'm not saying that like, that is going to work out exactly, but I would have never thought that at this point in my life, I would be in the relationship I'm in with the child I have living back in Cal, like, I, I don't know. It's just, like I said, like it wasn't how I maybe would have written it. But like, I'm so grateful for the edits mm-hmm. that were made. Like, it was just, per- it was, it it feels good.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's not perfect, but it like feels calm. Yeah.
0: Mm. Well, thank you. Yeah. S- and I'm old. No, wow. Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we're in spring chicken. I'm good girl. 77 years <laughs> yes, old. Yes, and that's
1: the big reveal. It's <laughs> never too late. <laughs> Well, how can people <laughs> find your seventy-seven-year-old ass?
2: Um, my seventy-seven-year-old ass. I have an Instagram account called "All Ass Bitch." <laughs> no, um, no, it's uh, my podcast is "Should I Get Bangs?" Uh, please listen to it. You know, so I'm not just talking into the the dark hole of <laughs> 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 um, And I'm on Twitter, Julia Razzi with the G. Instagram, Ms. Julia Razzi. I go through phases where I hate it. And then I'll post a lot. And then I'll be like, I hate posting. And then I'll post and then I won't post. So whatever.
0: Yeah, well, we will. We <laughs> Thank you so much. Absolutely. go listen to her podcast, uh, Julia's podcast and um follow her and do all the things. This is really awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was so good. Love you.